This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. There were a couple of moments in the No Time to Die trailers when the producers of James Bond seemed to be talking straight to a very patient audience and saying the quiet bit out loud. Come on, Bond. Where the hell are you? Ray finds as M not being subtle about it. The editors knew exactly what they were doing there. But here's another one from a second trailer that came out following yet another delay to the movie's release and amid pressure to put it on a TV screen. It's like they're begging us to hold on for the sake of something bigger. If we don't do this, there will be nothing left to save. Bond is back at a time when the world of cinema needs him most. They're still adding up the costs of the COVID pandemic, but it's estimated that last year the industry lost $5 billion globally. Even still, in the two years since No Time to Die was supposed to come out, we've seen blockbusters like Mulan appear on Disney+. Godzilla vs Kong got a hybrid release in the States where you could choose to view it on HBO or go to the theatre. It still made $450 million. James Bond held out, even as the studio behind the movies, MGM, was bought up by Amazon. In this Leader podcast, we're going to look at that decision and what it means for cinema. You're going to hear from the cast, the crew and producers of the Bond franchise, and we've got exclusive insight from the founder of one of the biggest cinema chains in the world. And if you've not seen No Time to Die yet, don't worry, there'll be no spoilers. So come on in. We've been expecting you. You're late. When you're ready. The making of it was just so important, I think. And I, I, again, I'm just so grateful for the fact that I got a chance to, to go and make one last one and, and, it, and be this one and, and, and to sort of finish telling the story. Jamaica, April 2019. Daniel Craig has begun filming No Time to Die and COVID-19 is nine months away from being spotted by doctors in Wuhan, China. It's about as normal as a movie production gets. Well... A James Bond movie production. A lot of the time, you'll have uh, someone shouting at you during the scene, because you know, you know, as well as uh, I do, that a lot of the effects will be added on later, so you don't actually see them. So someone will shout "gunfire" or "explosion," or so you kind of have to act and react to that, and pretend that you're seeing things. And it, it can be very, very technical. But you know, uh, the story was very solid and. The relationship between Bond and Madeline is, is, is very strong. If you know the plot and you know the story and you know what you're trying to achieve, then the, all the, the explosions and everything going off around you sort of just, you just let that happen. React to it, naturally. 
By December 20th, the final shots were in the can. The movie was given a release date of April 2020. But between director Carrie Fukunaga calling cut for the last time and the cinemas getting their hands on it, that previously unheard of bug had become a global supervillain to rival anything Bond has come up against. The coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades, and this country is not alone. From this evening, I must give the British people a very simple instruction. You must stay at home. It was heartbreaking on so many different levels. Tim Richards is the founder of The View Cinema Chain. Over more than 20 years, he built that company from one theatre in Scotland to more than 220 all over the world. The flagship is in Leicester Square, the scene of many the movie premiere. All of it ended by lockdown. I mean, we as an industry in 2019, we had the biggest year in history, $43 billion of box office. And then for view, for our 12-month trading period ending at the end of February of last year, we had the biggest 12-month period in company history. And then three weeks later, we closed every single cinema in nine countries. And it was apocalyptic and gut-wrenching. And, and, and I look back on it now, and, and I was, I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, I was in shock and probably, probably not in a very good place, even though I thought I was bulletproof, I wasn't. It was a very, very tough period. But, you know, when that kind of situation comes up, it's fairly binary. You're going to survive or you're not going to survive. And we chose survival. So we, uh, we, we rolled up our sleeves and, and uh, we ran really hard and we fought battles for every single day of 2020. And it was a difficult year, but we saved the company. But while cinemas like View were fighting for survival, studios were experimenting with finding audiences elsewhere. Who was that? There are other kinds of trolls. Trolls 2, and I'm being deadly serious about this, was one of the most important releases in movie history when it premiered in the US in April 2020. It was the first big release to skip cinemas altogether and go straight to streaming. Every studio was watching what DreamWorks and 20th Century Fox were doing. The film made $100 million in three weeks. One of its stars, Rachel Bloom, who you might know from Netflix's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, says it was such a big hit because the movie solved every parent's lockdown nightmare. Bored kids. I'm going to unite the six strings and destroy all music. Except for rock! No! So, I'm gonna need your string. I, I've heard from so many parents. I've seen so many parents on social media and parents that I know so grateful for this movie coming out that it gives their kids not only something to do, but something to make them happy and, and dance around. And so that makes me, that makes me really happy. And, um, you know, at first it was a bummer. Oh, it's not coming out in theaters. And I mean, one of the lesser bummers, obviously, of this time. Uh, but I, I actually love that it happened this way. Obviously, movies aren't just for bored kids. All I have for you is a word. Tell it. Christopher Nolan, who was once tipped to direct a Bond movie himself, reportedly point-blank refused to allow Tenet to appear on a streaming service. Did that cost it? 
When it debuted only in theatres in August 2020, people didn't turn up in the numbers that Studio Warner Brothers expected. What was hailed as the return of the blockbuster actually lost somewhere between 50 and 100 million dollars. Meanwhile, Disney Plus was trumpeting the success of its live-action Mulan, claiming about a third of its 30 million subscribers paid 30 bucks to watch it at home in its first week in the US. Analysts reckon it made $260 million in the States alone, and Disney didn't have to share a cent with cinemas. And yet, when the Hollywood studio accountants took a closer look at that streaming cash, things didn't appear as good as first thought. All the studios have tried releasing one of their big movies, one of their feature movies on subscription services. And what they've seen is that they are losing tens, if not hundreds of millions by doing so. And you know, we, we are a significant leading part of the ecosystem. And you know, when I first started the business and the business, you know, we were the engine that drove all the ancillary revenue streams all, all the way through from, from uh, pay TV to, to satellite TV to terrestrial TV. Um, we were that driver, and that hasn't changed. Now, ever since Ursula Andress walked out of the water in Doctor No, James Bond has been one of the biggest movie franchises ever. Looking for shells? No. I'm just looking. Stay where you are. In May this year, Amazon were also looking, and they liked what they saw so much they paid nearly $8.5 billion for the studio that Bond calls home, MGM. Amazon Prime is in a fierce streaming war with Netflix, Disney and others. There was a lot written about how 007 is going to be part of that now, but it's not that simple. I admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Back when Sean Connery was wearing the tux, original producer Cubby Broccoli struck a deal with MGM so tough it's spoken about in awed whispers in Hollywood today. The studio would finance and distribute the films, but his company, Eon Productions, got final say on absolutely everything. And that power has been passed on to his heirs, like his daughter. Barbara. Not for us. I mean, unfortunately, we have great partners with MGM and they they stuck with us. And, uh, you know, the pressure was tremendous on them, obviously. Note the on them there. A little hint from one of the most powerful women in movies that the studios could talk about it all day, but it was never going to happen while she was in charge. We've learned many things during this 18-month period, and, and certainly one of them is the sense of community that we need people. We're social creatures and we need each other. And um, I think there's no better place to come together than the cinema. Apple is thought to have offered around $600 million for the exclusive rights to stream No Time to Die. That's almost what Casino Royale made at the box office. But the cast supported the producers. It's really important to me, actually, because it would be devastating, I think, in lots of ways, if our cinemas closed. Ben Wishaw plays Gadget Master Q. Because, yes, it, it, there's, the, there's the fact that you'll get to see it on a big screen, which is what the film was conceived for. But there's, you'll also watch it with an audience. Mm. And I, I think if there's something that we've learned in the last two years is just how much we need to be with other people. Um, so 
that's why I'm actually really happy to be here these days doing this because I, I really passionately want us not to lose our cinemas um, and for people to go out again and see films. But will they? In part two, we look at how cinemas recovering from coronavirus go behind the scenes to look at how a Bond movie is made. And can streamers and cinemas work together? Catch you after the break. Why not hit the follow button while the ads are on? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. No Time to Die had its premiere at the Royal Albert Hall with a brass band entertaining the crowds as guests, including the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, walked the red carpet. For director Kari Fukunaga, it was the culmination of two years' hard work. With any kind of great momentous occasion, there's many emotions taking place. All of us are extremely excited to finally be showing the film and sharing it with everyone else, including audiences around the world. I think also just, you know, all the hard work that went into it, we get to finally sort of breathe a sigh, breathe a sigh of relief. So. Here we are. Um, feels really great. <laughs> it feels fantastic. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yes, her from Fleabag, was one of the writers reportedly brought in at Daniel Craig's request. Well, they asked me to come on board to um, add to the pot they were already working on. There was already a script. They had some things that they wanted to um, go in a different direction with. They wanted the character work to be um, even deeper and to look into the more nuances of the characters. So that was that was a wonderful experience because. It's, it was a collaboration, but it wasn't fully my vision, so I could say, does this work for you, does this work for you? And, um, and I'm really, really excited to see that some of it did work for them, and it's on the screen. The car chases, the fights, the explosions and the characters, it's all there and it's hard work according to Jeffrey Wright who's played Bond's CIA pal Felix Leiter since Casino Royale. You know, it's an enormous machine. You have the scale of the production but as well of course you have the scale of the history behind it and expectations that come with it. So you would think that there is enormous pressure and there is a sense of expectation but what I've loved about working on these films from the start is even though we have, you know, this leviathan that, you know, we're, we're trying to build together, um, we do it with a sense of family. Harder to tell the good from bad, villains from heroes these days. Daniel's, uh, you know, an incredible, you know, he's an actor who's always in the moment. Having started, you know, at the beginning with him and watched him now, I missed a couple in between, but to see him grow uh, into the responsibility and to see him become this leader, uh, when, at the, when at the start, you know, I think naturally, as with anyone, there was a bit of uncertainty, you know, with him. So that's been really gratifying. That's been really a pleasure to look at him and go, oh, look at this guy. He's, uh, he's captaining this thing now. 
you can imagine why I've come back to play. And now it's out. Was it worth it? Critics have been almost universal in their praise. The Evening Standard gave it four stars and described it as the resurrection of the century. Daniel Craig, our critic Charlotte O'Sullivan said, bows out with his head held high. So a big blockbuster with critical acclaim is dropping into cinemas now. Will the audiences come or will we see another tenet? Tim Richards says Bond, of course, has arrived exactly on time. We've had some big movies. We've had Suicide Squad, we've had uh, Shang-Chi, we've had Black Widow. They've been some big numbers. I think that Bond is coming at a great time because it's, it's coming when our audience have been back to our cinemas. They know, they know what our cinemas are like. They know they're still the safe and exciting environment that they remember. And Bond is going to get them back out again. And I think we'll look back three, five, ten years from now, and we will look back at this, at the release of Bond, as really a bit of a watershed moment, um, which is really getting everything firmly back on track again. Analysts think it'll hit $90 million in its opening weekend, passing Fast and Furious 9, which opened with $65 million and went on to make $700 million. Remember that Apple's $600 million offer for Bond earlier? It's starting to look like the producers did know best. Here's Barbara's brother and fellow Bond Supremo, Michael G. Wilson. Well, we make these films for the theaters. Uh, we put a lot of effort into the quality of the filming and, and the, uh, the, uh, the way the whole movie's put together. And it's meant to be in the cinema. Um, and this is why we held out for the cinema, and it looks like this is the right time. I think people seem to be ready to go back now, and uh, it's a chance for the cinemas to uh, reopen and reinvigorate the business. We don't want the cinema business to die, and that's definitely uh, seemed like it was a possibility at certain times during this uh, pandemic, but um, um, they held on, and um, now I, I hope we can all get back and start seeing cinemas uh, going visiting going to the cinema regularly cinema has been through the biggest crisis in its history and survived barely but far from feeling threatened by big streaming services tim richards thinks there's a future for everyone the future of the industry is going to include the what are known today as subscription services but they won't be known as subscription services tomorrow they will most likely be called studios like the more classic studios and I expect to have films and high quality content from Amazon, Apple, Netflix and others on our screens within the next 6 to 12 months. Amazon already is a studio. I mean, they bought MGM. So, so, you know, they're absolutely going to be Netflix. Absolutely. I mean, I want, I would love to have, an episode of Game of Thrones on every Tuesday night for the season. And equally shows like Queen's Gambit, high quality TV shows um, and high quality movies. So I think, I think we're gonna have a really interesting future as an industry. Blockbuster success or not, No Time to Die makes cinematic history by being the final time Daniel Craig plays James Bond. It's a big moment for the actor, the franchise and cinema itself. 
this has been a massive part of my life. I'm never not going to think about this. It's, it, it, it'll be, it, it's been too big, too big a thing in my life. There's a, there's a great deal of expectation surrounding this film. Um, I believe in cinema. I think it's the job I do. And I, having this film come out right now and try and hopefully to give the industry some sort of boost. Uh, cinema's here to stay as far as I'm concerned. Um, if we can help in some way, um, uh, I'll, I'll be very happy. No Time to Die is released now, only in cinemas. And that's the leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm.